Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Wednesday. A bit of train talk uh, from Auckland. Uh, Phil Twyford's announced a package. Let's see what one of the councillors thinks about it. Uh, Paying compensation for the generation gap. What is this about? And the best New Zealand song ever. But before any of that, uh, Trump walks away from Iran. On one hand, you're talking about Iran. Hmm. The other hand, you're talking about bullies, and I think the problem. If you look at Donald Trump, he's nothing more than a bully. Yeah, so what does that mean about uh, the uh, policy he uh, unveiled overnight, though, then? Policy is, is if you don't agree with Donald Trump, you must be wrong, so to hell with everyone else. You know, you've got six people in this agreement, mm-hmm. and he's decided that they're going to pull out, which has destroyed the whole thing. Where's the credibility come next time? Or when he goes to North Korea and does a deal, that the next president's going to come in and say, no, no, we don't like that deal. Hmm. Uh, a president takes over and runs the company, country for four to eight years. He doesn't have the right to destroy what's been put in place. This shows lack of credibility and yeah, lack of leadership on his part. Now, I've actually um, had a look at a lot of articles uh, this morning, because you have to, really. It's a big old complex thing. Nobody really knows what's going to happen either either way. But what I have seen is that almost every commentator, whether they're conservative or, or the liberals, you know, have said that the reason that this has happened is that Donald Trump is playing to his domestic audience, who he promised he'd get rid of this rotten and decaying deal during the election. And so that's for the, you know, the, the half of America who voted for him. Is it good for the world? No, you know, it's not good for the world. So that's what Sam thinks. Let's see what Leighton thinks. He's no bully, of course. It was, if I may say so, from my perspective, it was always a stinking, a stinking um, uh, move that was made on, on the previous administration's part. I mean, fancy sending $150 billion in cash on unmarked planes to Iran. I mean, really, can anybody, anybody, give me any good reason for that? Anybody? 150 billion, billion US dollars on pallets, cash, to Iran on unmarked planes. It was just, it was just nutty. It was insane. I don't know, um, I don't actually understand what, what really the previous administration, the Obama administration, thought it was up to. Except, except it tells you something about Obama. Something that he wouldn't say, but something, I mean, why secretly? And it was only exposed because, well, for, for reasons that, that, that weren't, weren't really approved by the administration. Uh, if if the administration had had its way, it never would have uh, never would have seen the light of day. We wouldn't know about it. But then there are all the other aspects to it as well. Like this is going to stop them getting this is going to stop them getting a nuclear device. Of course, it never was going to do that. At the very best, it was going to delay it. We now know that of course they've been that they have the Iranians have been moving in that direction anyway secretly, which is their want. I mean, they're just making a laughing stock of Obama, of the administration, and the rest of the West. Yeah, I don't know about a laughing stock. Uh, I just find my urge to laugh at things uh, tends to dissipate when you're talking about people getting nuclear weapons. I just, I just find it difficult to find the humour in the situation. It's just me. 
I mean, you know, everybody has a different sense of humour about things. Mike Lee doesn't think Phil Twyford's plan for the Auckland light rail system is very funny. It was a study um, pitching light rail against heavy rail, I guess, and heavy rail was rejected to the airport. Um, yeah. What's your I'll, understanding? There's a link to that so-called study, Larry. It was completely rigged and it was a complete joke. But I just want to pick up um, on this whole idea of the superannuation fund uh, getting behind this, and I really do hope that the government has good advice on what constitutes a sound investment for the New Zealand superannuation fund, because there's a lot at stake. Um, Every New Zealand superannuitant, every taxpayer has a stake in this, um, because one thing I do know, they do not have good advice on in regard to light rail to Auckland International Airport. The first thing that the Minister uh, keeps saying is talking about light rail as rapid transit. If he's talked to light rail experts, for instance, in Melbourne or the Gold Coast, as I have, they would tell you, remember this, light rail is mass transit, not rapid transit. Now, whatever problems we have in, in, in the inner city in regard to transport and congestion, light rail may very well be, and I think it would be a solution when we've maxed out our, our bus routes. But in terms of a journey to the airport and to solve the massive congestion that Auckland International Airport is facing and will continue to face as throughput and passengers um, kicks up, um, 90 million now likely to double in 15 years, Light rail will not be a solution. Heavy rail will be, and a link to Tullinui on the main front line, 6.8 kilometres away, um, is, has been costed at around $750 million. Um, that does provide a sustainable solution for Auckland International Airport, which is the gateway to the whole country. Have they investigated the prospect of a hyperloop? Can we get Elon Musk involved? Can we do hovercrafts? What about gyrocopters? Could we all just have free bikes and cycle to the airport? Is Glen ZB a little bit sick of all these conversations? A little bit, a little bit sick of these conversations. Uh, the uh, the generation gap, uh, the the one that means that young people can't afford to buy houses and things like that anymore. Uh, they they want some compensation for it in England. This is an actual thing. What What is this broken intergenerational contract? Do we really have such an intense thing? Well, I think you do. I mean, I think if you just have to look at the housing market and what's, what's the average um, or, or median house price in Auckland is, is around about a million dollars. So if you're a young person trying to get onto the housing ladder now um, with a 20% deposit, there's $200,000 you have to save. Um I think baby boomers will talk to the high interest rates that they suffered through the mid mid 80s. But um, to save a $200,000 deposit while um, renting and about a, at least a third of your income going out and rent is very tough. Mm. What do you make of this idea that you give you know you give them a big wad of money at age 25? Well, I don't think um, $10,000, 10,000 pounds is going to make a, a big difference if you're looking at that equation. But I, I think what you do take out of it is you can't ignore the rise of the, the this part of the population in many of these um, Western countries, UK, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. They're becoming um, a potentially significant voting block for um, in our in our politics. So, 
to ignore them is um, probably at uh, your political peril. Not really, because uh, young people are useless and usually forget to vote, can't be bothered, so I wouldn't worry about it. I ignore them as hard as I can, whenever I can, however I can. That's how I got to where I am today. Uh, although some of them do start bands and make songs. Since it's New Zealand Music Month, and Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister, came up with her five favourite songs of all time in New Zealand. I wonder what the greatest New Zealand song was. Bearing in mind we've got an audience of different kind of ages, I wonder what would... If you could pick just one song. And I am kind of... And of course songs come and go, aren't they? But there's songs that I would be slightly... I would be slightly... I'd need a day or two to work out what my favourite New Zealand song would be. But some of the contenders for me... And these are the ones when they come on the radio, I get immersed in them. But like all songs, if you hear them too much, you get sick of them. My top songs to hear on the radio that I love would be Max Merritt and the Meteor Slipping Away. Oh, I love that. Be a good funeral song, wouldn't it? Or would it be? There's something about it. And it was a song that went away and it's come back. And it's got such good lyrics. There would be That would be one of my top five. Baby, I've been watching you. Baby, I've... You know the song. Watching everything you do. I just can't stop this feeling that someone else is stealing you away from me. Actually, it wouldn't be a good dead song. It'd be a better if you got divorced song. Anyway, it would be quite good if they carried the coffin down to slipping away. Oh, So that would be one of my top five. The other one of my top five would be probably Prince Tui Tekka, one of his. Probably Air Air Paul. Every time that's on the jukebox at the pub, it gets kind of me welling up with tears. What pub is Marcus going to where they're putting Prince Tui Tekka on the jukebox? I mean, to be honest, what kind of pub is he going to where they have a jukebox? Uh, then uh, they have a jukebox with Prince Terry Tinker on it, and then somebody is there who will choose that. I just feel like Marcus is embellishing a little bit, and he's not welling up with tears at the pub that often. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB for Thursday. I will see you back here again tomorrow with some more of your hot requests.